0: Hi there. Welcome back, I suppose, to Perspectives YYC. Um, In this episode, I sit down with Alex Kwong, who is our good-looking, sexy-voiced painter. I learned a lot about both his uh, fine art studying and we wax philosophical about the art scene in Calgary. Uh, about public commercial art, about uh, a lot of interesting stuff. I hope that you enjoy listening to his incredible dulcet tones uh, as much as we did recording it. A quick thank you to Handmade, a local band here, who's just released their debut EP called For You. It's on, I believe, all streaming uh, services. They allowed us initial access pre-release for their amazing song On and On, which you hear before and through uh, the podcast. If you do get a chance to check them out, uh, Handmade, not the Thai boy band, just check them out, give them a follow on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you might be able to search and find them. Thanks again to Handmade for an awesome track for us. And if you do get a chance to pause... uh, Give us a rating review. Subscribe. That'd be great. And without further ado um, let's listen into uh, what Alex has to say about the Calgary Arts.
1: more than just the one meal I'll do like within an eight hour window I try to stick within like a four hour window on a good sort of cheat day I suppose I don't know
0: all right all right yeah we'll probably just leave this in here as our intro to this episode
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) everyone's like man I've heard I've heard Alex talk about his fucking diet so many times that's okay I haven't (laughs) I'm
0: excited about it all right shall we begin Welcome to Perspectives YYC, my little podcast here, where I get to talk to interesting folks in Calgary that I've met. Today, uh, I've got here Alex Kwong. I guess normally what I've been doing is asking people how we've met and just kind of start the story from the beginning. Most of my art journey, uh, well, two years, but this year has been big, two thousand eighteen. And Alex and I have a, a, a kind of romantic meeting. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'll hear it from you and then I'll correct all the things that you get wrong. So uh, how are you, Alex? And uh, tell me, how do we know each other?
1: Oh uh, man, um, I guess I was I was ripping around Thailand for a bit there and I uh, got a message from you in uh, the middle of the night or the middle of the day, whichever one it was, just about submitting to this uh, large call to artists for a pretty large project. And I was already submitting for that with another, with my other buddy that I – often collaborate with. And, uh, we corresponded through Instagram DM for that whole day. And I think you, you pretty much, you just asked me for a few images and stuff. And I said, okay, man, like this is what I can give you in this amount of time from what I have on my email already. Um, and you know, the rest is in your hands and you put together an amazing pitch that got us shortlisted. Which was probably the least amount of work I've ever done to get the most amount of pay off. <laughs>
0: well, it's maybe in the project itself, but I mean, I'll supplement that part of the story with uh, I don't know how much of the background for that. It's its TELUS. I, I don't care about naming them. It was uh, for the TELUS New Tower. I actually got referred to me by uh, a woman that's essentially like a photography student of mine. And uh, that's a weird thing. She's an incredible woman um, who, uh, yeah deals with this, that, and the other thing, and needed help uh, learning her camera for her profession. Uh, And then she forwarded me this link. But the reason why I DM'd you is uh, I was going to give up on it. I brought the project to some uh, mentors, let's say, and they were like, you know, to do this fine art style, et cetera, it's way above your you know, ability grade Mm -hmm. uh, price. And then my wife one day was like, well, why do you have to do this by yourself? And this light dinged. And in, in the fall or something, you and Chris Malloy did a portrait sesh. Yeah, And I remember two things, one, that you're a very good looking dude, and two, uh, <laughs> that you have this cool, uh, you hate calling graffiti, but like large scale art. Mm-hmm. And uh, I DM'd you, not knowing that you're in Thailand. Uh, <laughs> and then, because uh, I think I was already following you on Instagram because of the Chris Malloy thing. And then we built this incredible, oh man, it would have been so cool if yeah, we had cool. gotten through with it. Um, the idea for us was I would create a backdrop with some of my imagery, and then Alex was going to either uh, paint his murals on top of it, or then we started thinking about glass panels on top and turning it into a three dimensional piece. And uh, man, like whether it's DM or when you came back to Calgary, you're an easy guy to deal with.
1: Yeah I try to keep stay pretty easy going I try to <laughs> go with the flow.
0: Yeah, I mean we mashed together two fundamentally different approaches to art I think <laughs> yeah. uh, over the internet and uh we got shortlisted. It's crazy. Like,
1: yeah, and they wanted they didn't want any of my my work. Well, so David, we we love this. We don't <laughs> we don't like this uh, You know this what other I thing. Well, I mean
0: considering <laughs> the outcome of that thing uh, th- there's a lot more to that story than I think we'll ever know, but you know one of the things i want to talk to you about is one of the things i love about your work is your um your focus on the human form and the human uh, subject i suppose which um i was getting strict guidelines especially after they're like no humans no human forms yeah. no narratives around that and it's like you know fuck what are we going to do now but
1: uh yeah it's it's funny with the human form everyone uh they look at it as being not um as it won't it won't stand for as long or something right it'll it'll wear off uh, people get tired of the face um you know ask who it is you know like that's the that's the main thing it's everyone's like hey man who is this why why are you even uh like why do they deserve to be painted here the you know figure painting is probably one of the longest painting like painting styles in history well i guess you know abstract stuff is isn't that old but I, I always think it's it's cool to just paint people, man. You know, everybody has a little story that should be celebrated. And uh if you can if you can find one average person and paint them and someone goes, Man, why'd you paint them? And you look at it, well, there's something to celebrate about them. You live next door to them, obviously there's something to celebrate you. It's about like the average person, day to day person, you know. Everybody has those hero moments. You know, it, it becomes a thing where at the outset of submission, people are like, "Ah, oh, man, we don't want we don't want human faces." And then when they see the human face, like, "Oh man, like that is killer, man! Like we love that. Like we love that." Trying to sell it is a lot tougher, you know. Afterwards, everyone's like, "Oh man, like pulls out these emotions, this and that. Reminds me of this and yada yada yada." Like, but yeah, it, it's just a tough sell. And Calgary likes, I found Calgary likes more stuff that's universal. I guess I guess when you do a human face, you got to answer to race, gender, all this stuff now these days, right? Nobody can just be like, oh man, like that was a cool, that was cool, that person's there.
0: Yeah, I wonder, I mean, there's a lot of questions I have for you uh, kind of uh, through that, but the one that sticks out right away with your conclusion there is this idea, both of the PC environment we work in, but, uh, or sort of a growing extreme PC so-called, but also maybe this idea that should we, play into that uh, you know understandably there are corporate checkbooks corporate projects and people that throw a lot of money for public art and, and for the scale of work that you do that's that's an important world and an important consideration to take but i wonder as well like you know how much when we become a slave to those kind of notions this idea that uh, it's through the fear of what they're expecting that i've got to do it this way that the work becomes i don't know less meaningful less enjoyable. It's hard to find that medium ground between um, I don't care what anybody thinks, and then I need someone to care because you know I'm gonna die hungry here. Um, yeah, what, like, what's your experience? You've been doing this a while, and uh, I got to talk to Kelly from uh, Neverland. I found mm-hmm. out you were there a lot longer than I had assumed, uh, pretty much from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, day one, I mean, yeah. what's your experience as a as a big project artist here? I mean, if people don't know, you should check Alex out. I mean, this guy f- fucking freehand paints uh, portraits of biggie on walls and just crazy <laughs> shit like that but um yeah i mean talk to me about what public art is like in calgary what you think maybe it could be like where where's your position on that what do you feel what do you feel comfortable talking uh, about today
1: alex <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know um i think uh the public art in calgary like there's so much is so many uh issues with it just you know in terms of the public the art itself and then the public and like you know the response in between everyone's waiting for the next public art project so they can shit all over it. Right.
0: Right now. Um, yeah.
1: You know, and so I don't, I don't envy anybody in a public art realm of like, like trying to choose things or, you know, run a program like that. Sounds like a nightmare to me. Uh, yeah. I man. <laughs> you know, what's
0: interesting about public art is, um, so the two main, well, there's three, I think that were in the news, but, uh, the two big ones that stand out to me, uh, are, is the ring. Um, mm-hmm. That hilarious circle and uh, and whatever the uh, construction waste thing that was uh, built. Yeah, on. yeah,
1: those Beaufort towers.
0: But you know what's interesting is um, I met an artist. Uh, she and she's great, Evelina. Uh, but she moved to Toronto. But she had this great perspective. She said, you know, from an engineering perspective, the 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 loop to think about what it takes actually to design that so that it doesn't blow over in the wind and how much underneath anchoring has to be additional, like how, you know, there's so much intentionality there. And it changed the context. And now every time I drive, by, it still looks ridiculous. But at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, there was something. Maybe the pitch was for that whole bridge to be rings. And then somebody cut the budget and decided that only wanted one, etc. And Beaufort Towers, while it was a construction zone, looked fucking ridiculous. But <laughs> lately I drove by there and the construction's done and it stands out. And I'm like, you know what? Like whether it connects, you know, to, to, uh, to our first nations and whether it should have been a Canadian project, all those political questions aside, you know, just as a fundamental piece of art, actually, I bet you like in 10, 15 years, people are going to, people are going to be talking about that, you know, constructive way. Uh, yeah. The context um, <clears> changes a lot of <throat> that stuff.
1: I think with, uh, in terms of the, the Beaufort towers, I think it was just the PR was bad on it. I think it's like, it's a museum type piece of art that needs, it needs a certain setting to be shown. Mm. Uh, and then when the, when the city sort of wiggled on their, on the delivery of their purpose of it and, you know, like, well, we consulted these guys and we consulted this and like, you know, this is what it is. And then it it, it sort of reminded me of when I was writing a paper in, in school and I was like, oh man, like I got to make some stuff up here. You know, it was like sort of pulling at straws there. So and I think they're, they're nervous too. Right. At that same time, I would probably, I don't know. It's, it's tough, especially after the blue ring, right? Like I would think that after even the best sell for the blue ring, I'd maybe be like, like at, at some point there'd be a board and someone would go, guys, are we really going to spend half a million dollars on a blue ring
0: mm.
1: out and like, you know, if that was downtown, it'd be totally cool for but, like sure. it's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah put it downtown. So that's one of my other thoughts with the public art is that they should have sites, like sites that are set aside, like, Hey, you know, we can put some art here, we can put some art here so we don't have to build it all. Um, Oh, like there's a bridge going on over here. Okay. We have to put some art on it. Um, obviously like, you know, make it look nice and stuff. You don't want it to be this, you know, these eyesores everywhere. But if you have somewhere where it's like, people can visit this, people can hang out in this, in this park around this art, then that makes it a lot, uh, more accessible to the public and enjoyable for them.
0: I was, I can't remember who I was talking to. It might have been. Jill, last time, but you know this. Speaking of development and gentrification, I mean, you know, we're going to talk, I think, about Montreal, your trip there, and your trip uh, abroad in general. I mean, the the painting you did in Thailand, everywhere, you know, you're out there doing stuff, Uh, and so you're going to have some experiences with different, um, presumably different cities, approaches or cultural approaches to this stuff. But with gentrification, in my mind, I brought up, I think, I'm pretty sure on a podcast, but I might have just been talking out of my ass. I'm pretty sure I brought up that. My idea of gentrification would be like you're dis- describing, you know, uh, something presumably a little bit more wide in in uh, intent. So it's not just about uh, building the most efficient uh, residential thing to fit, you know, 20,000 people in one square block but that there would be some designated area, whether it be for uh, food, art, for um, performance, for all of these expressions that I'm coming to believe are essential to the idea of being human, spiritually, culturally, et cetera. But what's happened with what I think is kind of this, uh, yeah, as Kyle's been noting, my anti-capitalist stance, but this over-specialization of industry, et cetera, is that the only way to make, let's say, uh, a developer's company happy is for the extreme profit, you know, it's measured on profit mm-hmm. margins. And so the idea of designating, you know, this many thousands of square feet for someone to just paint on is not profitable, in, in, in a short-term sense, is not profitable for them. It doesn't mean that everybody aspires to that or uh, is stuck in that world, but I think when I look at the gentrification that's happening in Calgary, it feels that way. Like even if they bring a design element into a condo, you know, they put a couple of glass, uh, colored glass pillars or something. It's like, it's meant s- simply to just take up space and hopefully fill vacancy. And I, I don't know, that stuff bothers me a lot. And I feel like one of the things I want to do with perspectives is talking to you guys like you, either that have been in the game a while or people that are just starting is ask the question, how can we change that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a heavy one. I don't know. Um,
0: well, I mean, let's talk quickly. You were just in Montreal. What what yeah. what's different there? What what makes you feel like they've got something going on that Calgary just doesn't?
1: It seems like there's there's just art everywhere. Um it's, you know, it's it's pretty uh well well-backed industry, um, you know, and you get that in older cities, right? Calgary's pretty Calgary's pretty young. You know, it's like a little baby in terms of you know Montreal's like 400 some years old or something like that. So you know, with Calgary, I don't know what it is, like a hundred and Yeah, Someone told me once. Maybe, yeah. So
0: 19, it, 10, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So know. it hasn't had, had, had
1: all those like turnovers in terms of like, oh, like, you know, the ups and downs where, you know, some people get crushed and, you know, and then out of those times of despair, people sort of buckle down, like they start doing these things and then culture is born. I think Calgary is, it hit with so much money right away. And then it was just like get people in here to work get people in here to work so there's just that rat race mindset but i mean after after the downturn you see so many people doing other things and you know i had a lot of friends that were like man thank god thank god that happened because that got me out of my job and now i'm doing what i actually want to do broke as hell but doing what i want to do
0: it's like coming from toronto i have Obviously, uh, the Toronto snobbery uh, built into my brain, uh, so I have different associations with Montreal, for example, and Vancouver, <laughs> that I've come to uh, challenge and break uh, through my uh, 40 years of being, uh, being me. Uh, and your dis- description of hitting a bottom and having to reassess things and then uh, trying to embrace whatever comes out of it as uh, also if not a metaphor then a, a direct description of what culture maybe is where it comes from is a fascinating one yeah i'm under the premise that culture art is that expression of the essential human spirit I and mean, that sounds so uh, vague and broad but at the end of the day that for me what i was doing and how i was doing it was making me literally want to kill myself and i think um when, you know, push came to shove and, and my bad days happened and I just fell completely apart, the only way that I could start feeling engaged in life again um, was either creative or physical things. You know, it started off with, you know, hikes and drawing and camera work and, you know, um, coffee, a lot of coffee. And then, um, and then it became human conversations and meeting with people, discovering that, um at least for me individually, that being chatty, talking shit, and like being nice to people is something that I'm fundamentally designed to do. Whereas, you know, certainly if the same event happened to someone who's introverted or shy, you know, they would have a different expression. But that creativity, that feeling that we're here to just, you know, I don't know, make something, do something together, um, seems really important. And we're losing that somewhere. I don't know why. Yeah.
1: Well, I think creativity used to be just a regular part of life. You know, you'd have to Cause you didn't have everything done for you before you had to wake up in the morning and be like, "Okay, like, what am I going to eat? Well, I have this and that. So I'm going to be creative in the way I make my meal. Okay. I'm going to be creative in the way that I problem solve all these things that come across in the day, because winter's coming and we got to buckle down. <laughs> and if we don't, we're going to die. It's here. So like it. these, these are all parts of, uh, you know, human life before. And now it's like you, you can go through your life with no creativity whatsoever. You can be a, um, you can be a, just a consumer, just a passive, passive viewer of life, right? Just things are going, things are coming at you and you're just like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So I think that with no creativity at all, that's why there's such, there's such a surge for creativity now. It's like adult coloring books, right? Like, man, who ever thought that would be a thing? It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> like,
0: huge. Like, I-, yeah. I-, I can't pick one up because uh, I'm too judgmental of myself in <laughs> the world, but uh, they look hard, I'll give yeah, you that. Yeah, like, <laughs>
1: like they're, they're definitely complex, man. But you know, I, I think that's that, uh, you know, that thirst for the creativity or just something mm. to like make something and leave something behind sure. rather than to just consume things all the time. Right. Mm. In terms of the culture thing, and like, this is another thing I've told like numerous people. Uh, I was in this class this one time with this guy, totally didn't think anything of this guy. And he just, he put his hand up one day uh, in response to like teacher asking like, you know, what, what culture means and what culture is. And he, he hit it bang on. He's like, culture is a, is a group of people's way of dealing with the struggle that is life. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, God damn. <laughs> huh. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, so I've always boiled it right back down to that. Uh, because you look, you look across all these cultures in the world and, you know, they have all these you know what you might think is bizarre things that they do but you're like oh man like that's what they were dealing with and that's what they were trying to get by once they got past certain things of just like general hunger of living day to day they had all this extra time to be like okay so like what about this and like what they had all these questions right so here we are now with even more questions i suppose
0: you know it's (laughs) interesting i I had a A thought process years and years ago you know this idea of white collar blue collar and how you know like it's since been termed like first world problems so this when you have all this time on your hands when you have all this luxury all this um just time uh, then you can worry and make a fucking big deal about anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you got to sweat 10 hours a day just to get food on the table, uh, there's no often not a lot of consideration until that hits that breaking point. And then we go into these revolutionary reviews of history where finally workers are like, holy shit, man, like, you know, an 18 hour workday, that, that's there's a line there. 17, yeah. I was okay, but if you took that last hour from me. We're pushing back. But then there's huge cultural revolutions that accompany those uh, big changes too. It's fascinating to think about. Thanks for listening so far. We just wanted to say that this podcast has been brought to you by Media Lab YYC. Kyle Marshall runs this amazing little outfit here in downtown Calgary. Um, and we wanted to say this here at Media Lab YYC, we help you share your stories with the public, video, audio, business, personal. Let us help you take your idea to the finish line. I studied philosophy history and I have no in a context of any of this stuff because I wasn't paying attention. But speaking about that, you've brought up some school. So, I mean, give me, we'll change the tone a little bit and mm-hmm. give me an idea of, um, yeah, where do you come from? Like, what, what, not just maybe like, are you Calgarian? I can't remember.
1: Yeah, yeah, Fuck. born and raised Calgarian. Um, I uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do. So, I didn't really do much for a while. Obviously, I started drawing when I was really young. And, you know, you you get the teachers saying, oh, you like, you're so talented. Keep that up, keep that up and you know then they sit they take your sign like Yo, your your math is falling down fall, falling behind pretty hard you know get on the math so i ended up using just art for book covers you know the book report covers posters and all that you know group project hey man like i'll do the design part um i got that and you guys do all the research um and then eventually it just became like never really drawing at all you know You're going through like your teenage years, you don't know what's cool to draw, like, oh man, like what do I even want to do? Um, no one no one around me was really doing any art or anything either. And uh so I just, you know, put that aside and always thought like, you know, something creative would be a good path for me. So I ended up talking to this career type counselor guy. And, you know, we did we did all these tests and stuff, and one one that came up was uh I'd be good as an architect. So I'm like yeah, sure. Well, I'm not doing much else anyway, so like let's let's do that. So ended up in university to do uh, undergrad for art history as a pre pre architecture thing, and go on to do a, mar- a master's in architecture. And went through that like still like not really paying much attention, and. Then, you know, like a year or two in, I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, this art history stuff is like, it's pretty dope. Like, and I was focusing a lot on architecture and stuff. Um, when I finished, I, uh, started working on my portfolio, went around to all these architecture firms. I was like, you know, Hey, what do you, what do you suggest I do? Um, you know, I'm trying to make a go of this art history isn't going to do shit for me without architecture. So they said, make sure you do a lot of creative stuff, draw, don't, don't be drawing buildings, sculpt stuff, whatever, like just show that you have a creative mind. So I sat down one day for like, you know, the first day that I was really like, I'm going to, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to draw this fucking image. 12 hours went by. I'm like, man, I haven't even, even eaten yet. And I was hooked from there. I was like, okay, hey, drawing is, that's the shit. I'm like, art is the shit i don't really want to go into architecture all that math and i don't want to be designing stairwells and shit like that so i just sort of hit that and just kept running ever since man it's just more bigger better you know type type thing
0: i love that i'm i'm hearing this rebellion against architecture as the basis of you drawing on buildings (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're like well, I ain't no architect. Let me show you what I'm gonna do with this architecture.
1: Well, I I still I still love architecture. You know, it's uh, and like Calgary's come a long way in the whole architecture thing. You know, for a while I was like, like I don't want to be an architect in Calgary. Yeah, there's and that was like another to. thing, sort of pushing me away from that. But yeah, like I I still I still admire architecture wherever I go. It's it is cool to be able to be a part of the architecture on a pure you know, plastic element of just, hey, there's an image on the wall of this cool building or something like that, you know.
0: Well, I, I'm only hesitating here because I feel like, you know, there's a bias there, this idea that the art is plastic. I mean, you know, certainly from a architectural, structural, and engineering perspective, from a developer perspective, it's like, yeah, it's a cosmetic thing, but I don't know, man. Like, when you go buy a building, like right now, you and... Boucher and it's like a couple of big mural painters have have tagged the city quite a bit this summer. I don't know if those were city projects or or uh, condo projects, but now once in a while you drive through Calgary and an old like '60s building that was designed to look like a fucking military shelter uh, has something on it, and it becomes interesting. Whether you like it or not is irrelevant. It's yeah. Um, the more we acknowledge that the art brings an intrinsic value um not a monetary one but or i mean presume maybe long term people might want to live in a building that has allowed art to be i, I have no idea you know how to gauge the social interests but um yeah well, why call it plastic
1: well i i just call it plastic because you know i'm just i go off the uh sort of make a joke about your it stuff's good man yeah. come on you can <laughs> yeah, value your stuff yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah no no i do i do <laughs> but yeah but it, in terms of structural uh you know it's not a support beam or anything physically, you know, maybe culturally or visually for the community. I think you can, like, obviously me doing art history, man, I've written papers and papers and papers out of blue dots and just all that, like, digging into all those things. So I can obviously go on for hours and hours about, you know, why this part of the painting means something. And like, and I think that's that's another thing that's really lost about, like, where I'm coming from is I'm coming from, like, I studied all this, like, I studied you know like the renaissance and like all like all those artists and like you know the cave paintings so, so i've like watched i sort of have like a scope like that and that's more what i'm looking at rather than you know what other people might be looking at in terms of like oh man like he's he's out here doing murals they were like we'll call it graffiti but like i'm not i'm not out there doing graffiti but i guess i'm just coming from a like an academic point of view in terms of studying through books and all that and then once i gained all this stuff all this knowledge from school. I then now I'm employing it in what I'm doing.
0: Well, I was going to ask you too like, you have a fascination, at least with the bigger pieces, with sort of a Greco Roman shapes and, you know, base facial structures, let's call it. I mean, I, especially with the huge variety that's come out of, um, let's say, portrait painting alone, whether they're hyper-realistic or cartoonish, whether they represent certain ethnicities, whether they are, you know, uh, meant made to be silly. You know, I, I don't know. I, there's so much going on, uh, but yours stands out often, um, with the exception of, yeah, like hip-hop cuts, that, you know, there's, um, you know, those old sculptural influences. Uh, yeah, Is that something that you do intentionally? Is there something that that's more intuitive about that? Where does that come from?
1: Um, It's definitely comes from a lot of my favorite artists from, you know, throughout history, but also I found it to be an easy solution to what we were talking about earlier in terms of who's this guy and why does it matter? Who's this girl? Why does it matter? Who's this individual? Whatever. If it's just a statue, then everyone's just like, oh, cool, man. Like, oh, this is the whole story. Like I can look up that story and, you know, it's I can symbolic, read it on my own. Yeah. I don't have to know the person. So that that was a convenient sort of roundabout way to uh, circumvent that, and I work in a lot of black and white, so like these marble statues, man, like I can I can do a lot with that. There's like a certain point where, where like these these things have existed for however many like hundreds of years, whatever, and you're painting it like you can have this sort of parallel moment in the universe where you're painting exactly what like they you, like you're working on an eyelid and they were working on the eyelid, and like it's sort of cool, like it's like lining up throughout in in history, right? it's, it's a cool experience, man. Yeah.
0: Well, I can't even imagine. I think, you know, with the work that I do, for example, street photography, if I displayed it in a show, uh, yeah, I'm selling street photography to people that has identifiable people in it, you get fascinating conversations. I get, I get accosted on the streets. The other day, uh, I walked by a guy i was taking a picture and he told me that he explicitly did not grant me permission to take his and i was just like <laughs> that's not how that works but you know thank you uh that idea which we touched on or you touched on at the beginning about um our hypersensitivity now to our identity to this idea of being something being stolen to us i think in one of the maybe the first one i was Harkening back to the old uh, stories of these African tribes that wouldn't allow people to take pictures because it felt like they were stealing their soul. Mm-hmm. We're doing this loop where, um, and maybe for good I don't know, you know, all of this paranoia about, let's say, Google and Facebook analytics and, uh, you know, NSA and oh, you know, all of these big, big marquee item uh, news stories about what they're doing with all of our information. I got to the point personally where I was like, I, I just don't care anymore. Like, Whatever they're doing to abuse me, like I'm getting attacked by robocalls, you know, uh, 10 a day, telling me that I'm going to be sued by the Canadian government if I don't pay them (laughs) money, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, So I just ignore it because once I start acting into it, then I become, I feel like I become very isolated and angry. But it's harder when you're talking to the public as an artist and you need to connect to somebody. I mean, uh, your pencil work is incredible, Uh, you, you know, whatever you want to call it, graphite stuff. I mean, you can do some photorealistic stuff. Like, where do you find that conversation with your clients and people is it different it must be different with big corporations with individuals
1: like so how, how do you mean like in terms of
0: like, let's say I mean I don't know with your graphite and your pencil work if you sell those or if those are mostly just you that's just what you need to do because you you're you're a, an artist but um if you're selling something like that and you've created um, like a photorealistic image of um like a homeless person or or, or a dog you know, yeah, those yeah. or yeah. something I mean that's a different conversation than arguing with somebody that a Greco-Roman, you know, statue is mm-hmm. more anonymous and therefore more acceptable in public space. I mean, what are, are there sort of any kind of interesting insights you have with people that you've been dealing with, clients and?
1: Um, I think there's been a couple times where I've just, you know, messaged, messaged someone and said, "Hey, can I use your use your image to draw it, um, or if I or if I just snag it from somewhere, like I'll give the uh, I'll give like the photographer credit." You know, like Lee Jeffries has some amazing images to sketch from. Like of just, you know, random homeless people and you know, really puts that that human pain to the forefront of like addiction and homelessness and stuff like that. So but for the most part, I'm not really selling many of those sketches. I'll just try to keep them going. Like I have them all in a sketchbook, so I like to fill one up and get on to the next one. Usually carry two in my pocket, one where it's just like my ramblings of, you know, half-baked ideas and late-night thoughts. And then the other one is just all like full book sketches. So I've had people that go, hey man, like I really want to buy that one. And I'm like, "Ah, okay, well I can do it in another book for you. You know, I'm not going to sell you, I'm going to sell you 25 sketches.
0: You'll you'll reproduce something? Yeah, I'll, I'll just
1: sketch it again. Lately I've been doing a lot of these moleskin sketches where you know, someone says, Hey man, you know, can you, can you do a portrait of this person, my daughter, or like my, you know, my, my aunt, my uncle, kid, whatever. Um, and doing the moleskin stuff. I'm on the go a lot lately. So just having that in my back pocket and like, anytime I get to sit down waiting like 20 minutes for, you know, someone to show up or like a coffee or whatever, put some time in on it. But I like, ultimately I'm not, I'm not profiting too much off those anymore. I used to sell them. I used to, you know, do like all the celebrity stuff, but a lot of that was like honing technique.
0: I'm just thinking about, you know, with these sketchbooks and all of this stuff, it's a so fascinating, like I used to think I could draw, uh, when I was a kid and, uh, you know, how, how much could you talk about, uh, you know, different types of lead and graphite and, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey man, the, different the, types of paper. Yeah, how the, how involved are you in that sort of uh, in that sort of stuff?
1: Um, my favorite pencil is a Bic, like just like the Bic point seven man, like just that one. Like you do a lot with that, you know, mechanical pencil. You know, I've gone and bought the other like the specialty ones and charcoal and all that, but man, with a Bic, just with the Bic point seven, man, you can pretty much do whatever you can recreate any photograph you can do whatever you can get it sharp you can get it like a nice slow blend and stuff that's that's the one man um i find uh you know you're saying like oh like drawing stuff like i like sucked man man i sucked before like i sucked (laughs) and i remember when i so like when i first started drawing and stuff and doing the thing for my portfolio like they were they were okay they were okay but like you know that was you know, you're getting one out of, you know, 50. So I brought him to this Calgary artist and I was like, yeah, man. like, yeah, man. Like, what do you think? And like, this is what I've been doing. And I remember he was like, yeah, cool, man. Yeah. Like, you know, have, have fun, <laughs> keep at it. And I was like, what the fuck? And <laughs> yeah, no, like, I was so embarrassed. I was like, okay, I'm never, I'm never going to allow someone's manners to be a response. Like I'm never going to let someone just choose manners to respond to my art. I'm gonna make sure that uh, my skills at such a level that it's it's not ignorable. You know, you at least have to go. Man, that is pretty good. Like, I don't I don't like it, maybe, but there's there's some shit there, right? So I went home that day, and I was just like, man, I was just stirring, man. And I was like, ah, fuck. So I went through on my on Instagram. Like this is like back, like way back when Instagram was still fair, I suppose. <laughs> Um,
0: yeah, we won't start on algorithms. Yeah. I don't, me and algorithms <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't get along. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. So yeah,
1: it, it was all a fair shot, but, um, so you could really tailor your, your Instagram feed to like what you wanted. Right. So I unfollowed every single person. Like I used to follow everybody. Cause I used to think, okay, there's something to learn from everybody like so many pencil artists and being just like one-on-ones, like teaching yourself pencils, the easiest thing, pencil charcoal, because you either have a shade value or you you don't. And it's just like different levels, right? You're like, okay, we're going like full black there, or we're going like full white and like everything in between. I unfollowed all those guys, every single person except for all the people that I wanted to be able to paint and draw like, and I was like, you know what? That guy drew this photo. I'm going to draw that photo. That guy drew this. I'm going to draw that. And I'm gonna figure out how it all works, right? So doing that, once you figure out how the pencil works, figure figure out all these things, you can then look at what I started to do then was I'd look at the people that I admired, I'd look at their drawings, and I'd look for the tell of where, okay, like I see like where like maybe it was a mistake or like or like oh I can see where this changed from a f- like hyper hyper photo reel to like a sketch or something like that. So like i'm like studying all this stuff off like a you know three inch screen you break down like your whole your whole perception of like what you think all these things are right and and, uh you just go okay i'm going to put there's a line here i'm going to put that line there there's whatever shape this is i'm going to put that there and you're not drawing an eye anymore you're just drawing that shade in that centimeter square you know when you're doing that and like you're you just keep building out then you realize you're like, oh man, like this whole thing is really not about drawing. It's more about observing. And then that leaks into the rest of your life. And then like, you know, like the whole thing is like a crazy thing you can extrapolate and, you know, apply to every aspect of your life.
0: It's, it's crazy listening to how driven you are in this process. You know, I wonder if I might ask, you know, through the tumultuous years of your teenage thing where you were essentially a, a consumer and then you get into university and you feel lost then you have this moment where something clicks. I mean, what was there something that kind of drove you to push this hard into art to to search to define yourself in such a way that, you know, something like this, the idea of, for example, not just culling an Instagram um, relationships, but aspiring to something, practicing, training, um, you know, having that sense of self which is both like all artists self-deprecating but also egoist because you know we have to also believe that we have the capability of doing something to pursue it um but then we also have to hate everything we do otherwise we wouldn't keep doing it over and over again yeah Yeah, like is that something you think that's just been part of you or did something happen around that time because it's it's a fascinating Uh, change of pace man
1: you know nothing i did prior to that like i never took any initiative like period like i'd get the job at You know wherever and uh i do exactly what they told me to do and a little bit less right and like this is all pure now now this is all run off pure um initiative but i think what it was was once it clicked and once i sat down for that first day of um of drawing and didn't eat didn't whatever you know when i was when i was a kid i got diagnosed with add and if i'm sitting there 10 hours drawing Man, like, I don't know if I can really say I have ADD, even though some people say, well, man, like the, uh, like one of the side effects of having ADD is that you're hyper-focused. I'm like, well, that sounds like some bullshit <laughs> yeah. to me. Like, it's you know, ups. like, yeah. like part of being a midget is being fucking super tall, <laughs> you know, like sometimes that's a side effect. Yeah. So like my thing was that like, once I did sit down and start doing that, I, I like, I hit, I hit a vein and I was like, I'm, I'm running with it, you know, and, and everything sort of clicked. And I was like, I know what to do. And you know, that's the first time where I felt like, okay, I'm in the uh the zone? just in in the uh in the groove or uh, some uh, shit. Yeah. I don't know. But uh yeah, so and then I realized i like, okay I've wasted a lot of time. So that was one. I'm like, I gotta I gotta do this since you know, so I ended up developing like insomnia. I was up like all hours of the day, like just like drawing, 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 drawing. And then um, you know, so that that like really pushed it, and then after that it was now it's like I just want to make sure that I can always like I can always paint better and I'm holding my own and that at any point in time if I'm like I need to create something now boom like I know exactly how to do it so it's just always it's like elevating your game right I never want anyone to to ever be able to say to me like oh man like your shit like Like, yeah, like you might've done this, but, you know, used a shortcut or like whatever. I'm like, ah, man, like I'll do something right now with fucking ketchup on the table or something, you know, and make it dope as hell. So that's sort of my, my thing is I would say it's powered by, yeah, that egomania, uh, self-hatred and uh, insecurity.
0: Well, you're an artist. (laughs) Yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, It's the more people I meet and the more stories and, and the stories are both, different and the same Uh, the one fundamental thing for all artists is this drive to keep doing it over and over again and I'm sure that that will extend to the corporate people that I often hate on and all these you know other human beings that find their road somewhere else that I just can't comprehend but there's some people that are uh, you know uh, wholesomely obsessed with making money Uh, I don't know who they are but I'm sure that they exist and I think uh, you know I think It's fascinating hearing that from you. When we hit that point, and you know the idea of you sitting up all night staring at Instagram feeds and going, "Oh no, yes, no, I got to do this." I can. It's fascinating. I'm developing that with photography right now. Where, um, yeah, I find myself evaluating things, uh, not so much in a love hate, but yeah, you can see things, you know, because I've tried it. Um,
1: Yeah. Well, you're at work, right? Like you're uh, you're looking at them and you're breaking them down the way you break down your own images, and that's the way I look at paintings. Yeah. Which you know sometimes isn't the best way to do it but i'm usually looking at something i'm like all right man like how this probably how this get put together and i'm breaking it down one by one it would be nice to just enjoy paintings like and like i do but you know i'm also looking like you know someone someone across the street is going oh wow look at that mural and i'm like walking up and i'm like Oh, okay. All right. These I see are the where errors. the paint will later. Like something like <laughs> yeah. that, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. This white is off. This, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Wow. We, we don't have a lot of time, so we got to wrap up. But yeah. that's, a, that's a whole other podcast, uh, yeah. being hypercritical about every goddamn yeah. thing. So I got the signal. We got to wrap. I have a lot. Uh, yeah, you got to come back so we can talk about more stuff. But uh, what's what's up with you? Are you plugging anything? What's, what's going on with you right now?
1: <sighs> ah, man. I don't know. I'm just just doing my thing. I don't know. You said that uh,
0: to me like in uh, April and then on your Instagram, (laughs) you're like flying around different places in the country and part painting barns and you're in Montreal. I think you went to like, I can't remember. You've been.
1: Yeah. I was, I was down in Colorado. Um, Yeah. Out in, uh, where else was I? Like yeah, in the past month. Yeah. I was down in Colorado, like big project back in Calgary and went off to Montreal. My, my girl surprised me with a trip to Montreal which was super dope for my 30th birthday. So um, I thought I was going to Winnipeg. She hit me up. (laughs) That's wicked. What are you doing at the end of September? And I was like, I think I could be free, you know, knowing that's like, it's my birthday. And she's like, okay, cool. We're going to Winnipeg. We have a wedding um, and a family reunion. I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs)
0: That's awesome.
1: So like for, for a month and a half, I thought I was going to Winnipeg. And then like two days before, like the day before, you know, she gave me a card and she was like, We're going to Montreal. So like that was that was super cool to just, you know, have a big month of uh of painting and then finish it just hanging out in Montreal and like watching, you know, looking at even doper art, being like, Oh shit, man, like like I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> well,
0: we could maybe have a lot of work to do here. No, we won't we won't try to convince you to stay, Alex <laughs> uh, Oh, man, I
1: take it day by day. Yeah.
0: If I ever get to meet your girl, I'm going to give her a, a high five. That's a pretty slick yeah, uh, it, birthday it surprise.
1: It, it, it was one of the best. It was one for the books. So, you know, and the 30th. So it was good. Um, How do we find you? Uh, what do you prefer? underscore Alex Kwong on Instagram. Um, That's that's mostly where I, where I do all my stuff.
0: Hopefully we'll get another chance to put, so we've, we've been talking about collabing all year. Uh, well, sort of until you went off on your uh, trips, but um, <laughs> I still think that we have something to build together. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I haven't figured out what that is yet. Even our original project somehow. That, yeah. And then the age old question, who's going to fund something that big? But we'll figure that out. We'll we'll keep asking Kyle for uh, for freebies, you know? We'll do a <laughs> through media lab. How does that sound, Kyle? <laughs> 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 got to... <laughs> <laughs> a pained shrug it's like you get you just quit talking okay um thanks alex thank you uh we'll have you back hopefully yeah for sure we'll chat about uh some other things yeah yeah uh, all right thank all you right. <laughs>